0: So Daphne Lamb is a photographer and she's a boudoir photography photographer. And she has a project going on right now called uh, that she's exhibiting called My Body is a Cage. And it is representations of women uh, looped with wire and uh, rope and representing the ways that women are uh, constrained and contorted uh, through many different, uh, be it the clothing, the corseting, uh, be it, uh, the beauty standards that exist. Uh, and she also, she has this project, her boudoir photography, where she makes women look as beautiful as they want to look. And then we also have this fine art photography where we, uh, see her confront those very standards. So I had a brief check just a few hours ago with Daphne Chan. And here is, uh, our interview, First off, though, we're going to listen to a little bit of My Body is a Cage, a cover of the Arcade Fire song by Anna Rose.
1: It's so slow body is a case that keeps me from dancing with the one I love but my mind holds the key You're standing next
0: to me. Daphne, you started as a boudoir
2: photographer. Um, Well, I guess the way I can answer that is I've always been a photographer. And for about, I think, almost now 11 years, I have been formally photographing women in a studio environment, both in the nude and wearing their lingerie or sort of stylized shoots or dressed. So I kind of fall under the glamour boudoir photographer for my business. And I also have a separate um, fine art career as well.
0: How do those two uh, parallel each other and at what point did they interact?
2: That's a very good question. Um, <laughs> so I started out with wedding photography um, in terms of a business and after about five years of working in Toronto, I realized that I wanted to expand my work and take on a more fine art aspect to it. So I saved up for a few years and then I moved to New York and I went to art school. And I'd say that's probably uh, a major game changer in terms of the artwork that I was producing.
0: One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, and coming up next we're going to be talking to some ladies uh, who are part of the Dance Dance Party Party Network, uh, which is where they go to dance and have fun and express their bodies in a way that's kind of free from the kind of sexualized, uh, often aggressive kind of uh, environment of the club, Mm quote-unquote. And a lot of that has to do with the ability to move your body freely. Your project, My Body is a Cage, mm-hmm. is also addresses freedom of movement and freedom of the body in women, which is why I thought this would be kind of a good package. Can you tell me about the, uh, the impetus and the expression of My Body is a Cage?
2: Sure. It actually comes from a, uh, while I was living in New York, I applied for a scholarship for an artist residency for the National School of Photography in Arles, in France, and while I was there, I worked on a project called Her Interior, um, in which I photographed women in the nude in domestic interiors. And it was to show the sort of conflation between psychological interiors and domestic interiors. So these interiors were, for example, very typically the bedroom, the kitchen, you know, areas that were associated with female identity and, you know, where the home is supposed to represent a haven, and yet um, you know, women were often the victims of a lot of um, domestic violence in these environments. So, with My Body as a Cage, I think it came from a desire to express how women looked at societal constraints, um, you know, the way you should look, standards of beauty, um, you have to be a certain size, certain height, certain weight, and how they've incorporated that into themselves, outside of the environment they live in. And so, um, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the pieces in the project. I sure did. (laughs) Excellent. And so you'll see, uh, just to describe them, that they are women who are completely physically nude. For the most part, they are either their heads are not shown, so they're completely anonymous, and there are often ropes or tape or ribbons used to constrain their bodies. And those, to me, are just physical metaphors for the psychological constraints that we have. And so for those women and for ourselves, we don't have that freedom. We don't have that freedom of movement. Uh, I think we have a desire for that, but I don't think we live in an environment where that is um, nurtured and encouraged.
0: I think what I also found from looking at your work was that there is correlation between this restriction of women physically, uh, but also the way that they're restricted very much highlights what the standards of beauty are. So Uh what a woman is supposed to look like, you restrict her form into that. As a boudoir photographer who is charged in a way with really bringing out the beauty uh physical and emotional of women so they look sexy and beautiful what is your approach to do this in a way that doesn't necessarily recreate the restrictive beauty standards that you seem to be uh
2: discussing (laughs) or provoking as some people would say Mm, even better yeah um, I think the, the first thing and that comes from just interacting with me as a woman rather than as a photographer, even before you step into the studio, is um, exper- focusing on the experience that this woman is going to have. And so, you know, letting her know that the space in the studio is a perfectly safe one where she's f- free to explore certain aspects of her personality. And I don't know if this is just being a photographer, but just constantly looking at people and being fascinated by women and just constantly seeing for myself how beautiful they are. So I never say, oh, I'll make you beautiful. I mean, the hair and the makeup, styling and the photography, that to me are just tools to coax the beauty out of you that already exists within. And once I realized that, then I was able to communicate that to my clients. And that's been a really, really powerful um, motivator to keep doing this. I mean, it's just as easy to say that women come in, they put their hair and makeup, they look beautiful, and they walk out. But what I've learned over so many years is it's not just the photos, it's the experience. It's how that filters into their life long after the studio session is done. I think what's interesting is that sometimes I might work with someone who might fit into those um beauty standards objectively and yet when you interact with that woman she herself has her own constraints which made me realize that actually the outer packaging had nothing to do with what was going on in the inside so it didn't matter what you look like it was how you felt about yourself so Mm -hmm. um just to provide you with a small anecdote this woman came in and you know she uh was not at the size she wanted to be and i said listen you know it's not about um I will make you look as gorgeous as you possibly can be, you will be you at your very best. And she left thinking, you know, she wrote me an email months later, you know, I thought I would feel more beautiful, but instead that's filtered into every area of my life. She's like, I feel more confident. She's like, I'm doing so well at work, people are responding to me. Um she's like, My friendships have deepened and I was like, Oh my goodness, what happened to this woman in the studio and I realized it was about um it wasn't about beauty, it was about self esteem, right? It was about empowerment. Mm-hmm. It was about confidence.
0: Taking what may originally be an objectifying process for women and turning it into an empowering process and just being able to express what your beauty is. I'm sure that there are many people who say, you know, beauty and feeling sexy and feeling that shouldn't necessarily have that impact on your life. You know, we should all be appreciative of our personalities in other ways. But the the reality is, is that women especially, but I think men as well, feeling attractive to people and feeling like people are judging you well on your outer package, it really, in a way it makes you feel more open and feel like, you know what, I can move through the world in a way that is positive and people are going to look on me positively. But ironically, you have to feel positive about yourself first before you can actually let that shine through.
2: Absolutely, and it, what's so interesting and continues to fuel my work, and it, this happens with men as well, but I'd say more so with women and particularly in you know, this kind of culture that we live in, is that how we feel about ourselves is intimately connected to how we feel about our bodies,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. For and it's sure.
2: very difficult to have a disconnect between the two because they're so interrelated that most often people think they're the same. How is it possible to have a fat day when physically you were exactly the same twelve hours ago when you went to bed?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, right? it's very psychological. The the physical affects the psychological, and and vice versa.
2: Yeah, and, and so yeah. Uh, And so you think that, you know, you think it's about wearing the right outfit or, you know, getting your makeup done. And really, it's just standing in yourself Mm -hmm. and realizing your own power and your own beauty. But that beauty doesn't come from the way you look. It comes from, I call it dropping the veil. So if you come to my studio and I take your photos, um, it's just a moment where I can look at you and acknowledge you. And you can look at me and acknowledge me. And then I take a photo, and that photo is a souvenir of that experience you had.
0: Do you have any female inspirations, uh, either as artists or, you know, personally, that you incorporate uh, either emotionally or or literally into your work?
2: Um, Well, I'm very much influenced by um, movies, and then, of course, other photographers. Um, One of my favorite photographers growing up was a woman named Nan Golden. I don't know if you're familiar with her work. no. Um, she had a book called, I think, The Ballad of Sexual Dependency. Mm. And she, yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, another woman is also Deanne Arbus. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. she took the twins photo, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so amazing because when I lived in New York, I actually had the opportunity to assist her daughter, uh, Amy Arbus, um, who also is a, an amazing portrait photographer. Uh, I'm also influenced by a lot of literature, um, like the works of um, Naomi Wolf. I read The Beauty mm-hmm. Myth when I was younger. And it blew my mind I was like, oh my goodness, yes, this is exactly it This is what's happening (laughs) She was hinting towards um, ways that women were empowering themselves And then ways we were able to keep them back in their place By using this beauty myth Um, Also, there's a woman named Lauren Greenfield Who has done projects about women and eating disorders So again, that disconnect between what you physically are in reality And then what you see in the mirror And how those two uh, and how that disconnect leads to something like um, actually starving yourself because you Mm -hmm. are not fitting into what you want to be.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Exhibitions, projects, events that you would like to let people know about
2: in Vancouver? Well, um, at my studio, I do have monthly events on the third Wednesday of every month. Mm. And they are um, events, I'd say, related to women. I mean, that sounds quite general. But for example, some of them are quite fun. Like we're going to have one on Wednesday, March 20th. They're always at 7 p.m. And this one is called a Lash Workshop. So it's fun, you know, when a woman gets to be in the hot seat and has her lashes extended. But we are still having conversations about who we are as women. Another one is I'm going to have a woman come in and she's going to talk about performance. She's a sports psychologist. So we'll talk about, you know, how women sometimes are... Maybe not afraid, but they're hesitant to take on leadership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so there's always something exciting. Every month there's a different speaker, and every month uh, there are different people who come. Sometimes they are actually clients of mine who have come. You know, I've already photographed them, but they come because they never know who they're going to meet, um, and they never know what they're going to learn. So they are called Champagne Events. Everyone contributes a bottle of wine, and, um, you know, we do what women do best, which is um, we love to sit and share and tell stories.
0: Where can people find you online or uh, around town to look
2: at your work? They can find me on my website, which is www.daphnechan.com. Uh, I also have a blog, uh, daphnechanblog.com. It's also a great um, video showreel I just did with a documentary filmmaker. Uh, it's about two minutes long, and it shows um, the experience. It's called transformation, and what happens to a woman when she comes to the studio, and how she transforms. And there's this great scene at the end where she's free, and she comes out of the studio. She's sort of free from the shackles of her own constraints.
0: So a little behind the scenes, did yeah
2: well, I always find it interesting that there's um, international women's day when you know every day should be women 's day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it is for the most part, particularly on the personal level, um, you know how do families be how are they sustained, right, mainly a lot through women mm-hmm. I mean this is not to discount the effort that men put into um, their own families and their own units and their own communities mm-hmm. and their own societies. Um, but just to um, have an awareness of just women in your community who are producing and contributing great work to the cultural dialogue taking place.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye Coming to water stop that was daphne chan whose project my body is a cage is online and we've linked to it from citr.ca on the main post uh, as well as from our facebook event so check that out um and she had a little request for a little florence in the machine so we're listening to dog days are over she's saying she's been coming back to it Uh, We will return in just a minute with members of the Dance Dance Party Party group. Can I get a, can I get a woot? (laughs) Okay. You're listening to CITR 101.9 International Women's Day Programming. Stay tuned. What happens
2: if you're
0: too close? It sounds like shit.
2: Hey, do you like to party? Excuse me? Do you like to party?
1: CITR and Mint Records present
0: The Lines Volume 3 Release Party, Friday, March 8th at Chapel Arts with performances by Movie Land, Peace, Gal Grayson, Babysitter, Sleuth, and more.
2: This nocturnal celebration is the finale of CITR's 2013 Fun Drive, including a silent auction, two stages, and freshly pressed limited edition copies of our Pop Alliance Volume 3 compilation. CITR's fund drives from February 28th to March 8th. To donate, go to www.citr.ca or call 604-822-8648. That's 604-822-8648. And thanks for supporting Community Radio.
1: Sex, screwing, toys, warm, group action, love, orgies, gangbang, cheating, masturbation, doing it right, all up to you. The questions you need answered, the answers you want. Got a burning question. Velvet Answers with Velvet Steel and Jared Knudsen. Mmm. The last Tuesday of every month. 8 to 10.30 a.m. On Queer FM Vancouver Reloaded. Only on CITR 101.9 FM. Velvet Answers. Ask me anything, I'll answer.